You are listening to the Rooted Ministry Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered ministry to youth. For more information about Rooted, visit our website at www.rootedministry.com. This particular episode of the Rooted Podcast is from our new ongoing series called Ask Alice. Good morning, my friends. I'm so happy to be with you today. I'm Alice Chernock, and you are listening to Ask Alice. Ask Alice is part of the Rooted Ministry, and here at Rooted, we want to provide gospel-centered resources for parents and for youth ministers. So we're so happy to have you, and today we're going to talk about some holiday season things that we have going on. We have gotten a lot of different emails from y'all lately, which we love, by the way. Keep them coming. Um, But today we're going to hear from two different people. We're going to hear from Laurel and we're going to hear from Doug. All right. So I am just going to jump right in because we've got a lot to cover. So our first question is from Laurel. Laurel says, hey, Alice, I'm a youth minister in Southern California, and every year my students' holiday parties cause a lot of problems. When the guest list get exclusive and lots of pictures get posted on Insta and Snapchat, all of a sudden my students begin to think that they are either cool or not cool. This isn't good for anyone, but it's especially hard for the ones who are left out. They sit at home wondering why they got left out and worry that they will never have the social life that they want. How can I help the kids who are truly left out? How can I reach the kids who are doing the excluding? Ooh, Laurel, you've got your hands full, my friend. Um, Yes, those are definitely things that we are dealing with here. So I heard those two different questions here. So let's start back with the first one that you said of, how do I help the kids who are left out? Now, I think that all of us, whether you're a youth minister or a parent, have experienced our child or the kids in our youth dealing with feeling excluded. Um, And that's brutal. I'm initially drawn, though, to that verse in 2 Corinthians, and this is kind of the approach that I am taking with my own kids, too. And in 2 Corinthians, it says, Comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. And I love that because I think that all of us have experienced feeling left out from time to time, all right? And so that verse really indoctrinates what our approach needs to be, that we are going to comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from God. I love that. I really do. I think that even as an adult, if I see pictures on Instagram or if I know that there are a bunch of friends who have hung out, I know that I am a grown-up, but that FOMO is such a real thing. And it's, it's even more difficult when you are an adolescent because at least as an adult, we have some perspective on life and the experiences that we've had. But as an adolescent, as a teenager, they don't have that yet. And so feeling like they are left out, it can be truly, truly devastating. Um, I'm thinking back to just this past Halloween, I had a mom of one of my clients. One of my clients has really struggled with friendships this past year. And she is probably 14 years old, so sweet. She's so incredibly talented. She does a lot of theater, but theater at her school is not considered cool. 
And so she's really had a hard time finding her place, all right? So Halloween rolls around and all these groups at school decide that they're gonna have matching outfits or at least coordinating outfits. And my sweet client didn't have any group to be a part of. And so she and I had just kind of worked through some different things of here's some options and you can invite them and that kind of thing. But it really, it was not serving her well, all right? And so I love this mom. This mom in her, her sense of kindness for her child decided that, you know what? On Halloween this year, you are just gonna skip school. We're not doing this. We're not playing this game of who's dressed up with who and who's in what group. And so this mom let her daughter stay home that day. She slept in a little bit. And then the mom and the daughter had a total girl's day. And it was awesome. They got their nails done. They went shopping. They had a really girly lunch full of chicken salad and all kinds of salads and yummy stuff like that. And they really embraced that day. And I feel like that mom gave her a sense of grace and it was truly an act of mercy for that mom to just protect her daughter from going to school that day. That was a tough situation, all right? So I think that we have that as as an option. So how do we help the kids that are left out? Well, there are times that maybe we rally around them and we find things for them to do. I asked my, my nine-year-old son this la- last night as I knew that I was prepping for today. I asked him, what would you do if you got left out of a party? How would you handle it? And my nine-year-old said, well, I guess I'll stay home and find something else to do. And yes, that's, that's a great perspective and that's re- very resilient, which is what we want in our children. But It also doesn't mean that as parents or youth ministers, we have to constantly orchestrate our children's social life, and we have to constantly protect them from feeling the effects of that loneliness, all right? There's definitely a time and a place, and I think that that mom handled it very, very well on Halloween for that child. But... That also means that sometimes we have to teach our kids what it means to handle that sense of loneliness and that sense of just being left out. Um, in, In therapy, there is a phrase that we use. It's called distress tolerance, distress tolerance. And distress tolerance are just a set of skills that we can use when we face a situation that we can't change, but that it's going to help us cope with whatever that crisis is. And for a a teenager who is left out, especially in a consistent way, that really is a crisis, all right? So part of what we are doing is teaching our kids these distress tolerance skills, all right? And what that means is, learning to not have to escape or avoid those feelings. My, my nine-year-old's solution was great for a nine-year-old and for sometimes, but it was also full of escaping and avoiding, all right? And sometimes we have to be okay with our kids, whether it's our youth kids or our children, feeling that 
impact of loneliness. Because what we do by teaching them how to sit with those feelings and let them feel those feelings, we're letting them see that there is nothing that is so great that the Lord can't help us with. There are no situations that He is going to call us to endure that we cannot handle. Now, as a child, that's a very hard concept to grasp. Are you kidding me? As an adult, that's a very hard concept to grasp, all right? But the more we can help our kids to, di- to tolerate that distress and be okay with just sitting with it and feeling hurt and feeling sad, that's good. That's a good, healthy response. And so, Laurel, I think my, my thoughts are how to, how to help the child who is left out let them know that it's okay for you to be upset by this. It's a hard thing to have to go through. But ultimately, the Lord is going to use those experiences in that child's life to point them back to himself. And that's what we have to keep coming back to. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel good. It's not fair. But God is going to use these experiences to help show us more of himself. And I do truly believe that the Lord often uses hard things in our lives to grow our faith. So that's the first piece to your question. Now, going into the next part of, so how do I help the kids who are doing the excluding? That's a tough one too, all right? I think it's great that you already have a heads up, that you're prepping for the holiday season, all right? And so that's gonna be my go-to response for a lot of different ways, and it's this. Be proactive and not reactive, all right? So just the fact that you know this is kind of coming down the pipes, that says to me that you're being proactive and not reactive, not just waiting for it to happen and then reacting to the situation, all right? So the way that you could be proactive and not reactive, Laurel, is to start by having some one-on-one conversations with some of the kids that you know are doing the excluding. Now, I think that you're gonna get a lot farther with them if you do have it one-on-one. I think for time's sake, and sometimes it's just frankly easier to have a group youth meeting and everybody talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves and you know those kind of things, which are great, But I think if you know that there's a specific situation coming down the pipe, then being able to target certain children can be really, really effective. And so have one-on-one time with the kids that you know are sort of the, the queen bees in the youth group, all right? And let them know, hey, I've noticed this in the past and I'm kind of concerned about it. What do you think? All right. And so we're kind of putting that question back on them and we're enlisting their help as opposed to preaching at them. All right. So we're letting them come up with some solutions of, hey, I've noticed that this is a problem in our youth group. What do you, Queen Bee, think that we can do about it? All right. So helping them see that they are part of the solution and not just part of the problem can be very helpful. I think that also having some some different activities that are 
very strategically placed, specifically having activities that are hosted by kids who are typically left out can be another really helpful thing to do. And that way, it's putting the youth group or the friend group in a place where the child who is typically left out is most comfortable, all right? So you're kind of keeping them in their world and in their element. Or if you know the child who is typically left out is a great rock climber, then have, have a Christmas party at the youth group for the youth group at a rock climbing gym, all right? So set that child up to do things and to be an envi- in an environment that they feel like they can thrive as opposed to if you know they're struggling with a social, social life or social skills, don't just throw them into a party where they're expected to make conversations or play charades, right? Because that's going to be their worst nightmare. So having that foresight to think through what are some very strategic ways that I can minister to some of those kids who were left out, all right? Great question. I'm going to move on from that one and move to Doug's question. So this is from Doug in Des Moines. And Doug says, Dear Alice, I'm writing to you because this is my 14-year-old daughter's first Christmas since her mother and I divorced last spring. We have joint custody and our daughter divides her time evenly between the two of us. She has handled everything pretty well, but she doesn't want to make plans for the holidays at all. Lots of the things that we used to do together at Christmas won't be happening, especially events at the church. I have stayed at our old church, but her mom has left. My daughter says that everyone at church feels sorry for us, and the youth group kids think it's weird that her mom doesn't go to church with us anymore. How can I help my daughter with feeling different at church? All right. That's a tough one, Doug. I hear two different things going on here, so I'm just going to kind of break those down and tackle them in different ways, all right? So I think that your specific question is very good, and I want to get to how to help your daughter with feeling different at church. But I think in order to do that, first, we need to back up a little bit, because I'm also hearing in your your tone that your daughter is grieving. There are a lot of changes that it sounds like have happened in your daughter's life, over the past year. And I think that we have to be respectful that just like when we lose um, a person to death, especially around the holidays, there's a whole host of grief that comes with that. And so in a lot of ways, your, your daughter is dealing with the death of her parents' marriage. Um, and so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that it doesn't that it would look very similar to dealing with an actual death. So I would encourage you to stop and just kind of recognize that holidays are going to be very hard, at least at first. All right. Um, this is the time of year where we hear all the happy music and, you know, home is where the heart is and let's be home for Christmas and we have no cares in the world and blah, blah, blah. And we all just know that that's just not how life goes. Um, Holidays are tough. And so um, we are really faced with how broken our world is when we are um, staring down the, the Christmas season, all right? 
And so I think first, Doug, I really want to kind of slow down and let you see that your daughter is, is going to be lonely this time of year. There's going to be a sense of loneliness that accompanies what she's going through because her world is not how it should be. Um, and that's a very hard place as a parent. I know that we desperately want to fix things for our kids, um, but this is one that you're not going to be able to fix for her. The good news is we have a Savior who is going to meet her where she is, and there's so much comfort in that, all right? So first, Doug, I would encourage you just to acknowledge that your daughter this Christmas is it's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be hard for both you and for her, all right? But I would encourage you to do some things like ask her. Again, we're going back to being proactive and not reactive. So proactively, like that means now, start a conversation with her that says, hey, what are some things about Christmas and the holidays that you really love doing? What are some of the traditions that we have done in the past that are important to you? And it may take her a few weeks. And so that's why I would encourage you to go in and start this conversation now where she has some time to think about it. But ask her, wait, ask her again, wait, ask her again, wait. When the holiday season actually is here, ask again, all right? So ask her, what are the things that make Christmas Christmas to you? Are there certain foods that we could cook? Or do you really want to go to see the lights at the zoo? Or whatever holiday traditions make this time special, I would encourage you to focus on things that are doable and not just the things that are not doable anymore, all right? Kids really thrive on a sense of consistency and so the more predictability that they have, especially during a new situation, the better they're going to be able to handle that situation, all right? So find out what you can do together. Find out what are things that are important to her that she does want to maintain in her holiday season. Um, but then I would also encourage you to come up with some new traditions that you and she could do together, you know? I mean, maybe it's where y'all go get Starbucks hot chocolate on Christmas Eve or, you know, make some presents for some friends or take food to somebody else or I don't know, whatever it is. But you and she come up with things that can be y'all's version of the new normal, all right? That's what she's looking for. She needs to know, hey... Those traditions are going to be there, but we're also going to have some new ones and come up with some different ways that we can make Christmas feel like Christmas from here on out. Now, once we can address you and she as a new family unit, to me, that's the priority. Then we can target your actual question, Doug, which was, how can I help my daughter deal with feeling different at church? All right. So like I said, with the home, home unit, she is trying to find a new normal. All right, and that's going to also mean a new normal when it comes to her church life. She is different from, she's feeling like she's different from her friends, all right? Whether it's real or perceived, 
she feels it, all right? So that's a very real thing. So the first thing you can do is help her just by asking if there's anything that you can do to come alongside her and help this transition be a little bit easier. Now, if she's like most teenagers, she's gonna be like, no, dad, there's nothing you can do about this. This is not gonna help, blah, 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 blah. All right, so just be ready if she does that to you. It doesn't mean that you have four heads. It means you have a normal teenager, all right? But what that is giving her is that sense that you are on her team and you're willing to do whatever it takes to help her, all right? So ask her, what can I do, all right? And then I would really encourage you to call for backup, and by, by backup, I mean enlist the help of your youth directors or the interns or whoever it is in the youth group that helps out. And let them know what's going on with her. Let them know how she's been feeling. Youth directors are great at being a second voice for our kids, all right? And so sometimes they're able to see things that we don't always get to see just because they are in that environment so much more, all right? And my hope would be that the youth directors would be able to pull her in to some of the different activities, especially around the holidays. Um, and, and ultimately, best case scenario is give her some kind of leadership role within those activities, all right? So maybe she gets to be the one to send out a group text about the secret Santa party, all right? Because that's a leadership position. Or maybe she gets to be the one to decorate the youth room for the, the holiday season, all right? Whatever it is to help her feel like she has an important role in the church, I think can be very helpful in helping her integrate herself back in there. But my impression is that she's feeling like her status has been totally shaken. And so if we can give her back that sense of a purpose within the youth group, then it really may help solidify her sense of place within the youth group. Does that make sense? All right, so we hope that we can ask her individually, but then bring in the help of those youth directors because that's, that's what they do. They're really good at doing that, all right? We know that that lonely people often feel unwanted, all right? And when that happens, our purpose for them is twofold. And this is where I wanna leave you, Doug. The first purpose is to help us bring into union with other people, all right? If a person is lonely, we want to bring them into union with other people. And then the second thing we're gonna do is also bring them into union with our Savior, all right? We bring them into union with other people by doing things within the youth group, all right? That's how we're gonna fill that piece of that loneliness void, helping them feel like they have a sense of place and um, that they are part of the body of Christ, all right? But then the most important part is bringing them in to that relationship with our Savior and letting our loneliness point us back to Christ, all right? I think, Doug, you have such a perfect open door with this holiday season in engaging in a conversation with her, knowing that Christ came to earth 
to be our cure for loneliness. That's why he came. He wanted us so much that he left paradise to come to earth and save us. And that is such our comfort when we are feeling so lonely that we we have been so loved that we were worth coming to earth and dying for. And I hope that you and your daughter are able to have those conversations and that this time of transition for your family helps really hone in her relationship with the Lord and reminding her what the holiday season is all about. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Ask Alice. I look forward to the next time we can be together, but meanwhile, keep those questions coming. We really love hearing from you. My email is askalice at rootedministry.com. So let us know what your thoughts are, and we will look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we hope to communicate the truths of the gospel and apply those truths to youth ministry. We would love for you to check out our website, where we publish articles daily, geared towards both youth ministers and parents. You will also find resources and more information about our conferences, regional events, and more at www.rootedministry.com. This podcast is made available to you by the Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or the profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.